0: Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can now uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do und- Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the
1: world. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher and fresh, but you already know. You suckers is me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though we see your kicks and we laugh and yellin' what it goes. you see me shinin' like a suit on puppy you know my grind and shit is too strong buddy that's why the dude call money I be stuntin' like it's nothin' at all cause it's nothin' to me it's probably somethin' to y'all tryin' to smoke like me to come and fuck with your dog got a closet full of
2: kicks you can't and a brush, in the freshest. You can tell in my Bitch you feed the way I'm do running out of tell
1: somebody cut a way, you know it's fresh. Either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh, we fresh. 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 Fresh.
3: Fresh.
0: Welcome to the Fresh the Word podcast. The podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. I'm your host, Kay Fresh, and like always, we got a great show for you. But before we get into that, just want to remind you of a few things about how you can support the podcast. If you go to freshesthepodcast.com, go ahead and just share any of the links that are on the website and any of your social media. That will definitely help us out. There's a link at the top that says support the podcast, where there is a PayPal link that you can donate to. Then there's also an Amazon link. If you ever want to make any purchases on Amazon, use that link and it will give us a little uh, commission back for your purchases. Doesn't change anything on your end, but does help out the podcast. You can also follow Fresh as the Word on Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh as the Word, the number one. And then on Facebook, just go to Facebook.com slash Fresh as the Podcast and give us a like on our Facebook page. You can also subscribe to Fresh is the Word on various platforms. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just go to any of those places and search Fresh is the Word, and it'll come up. You can subscribe to it, follow it, whatever. And you can also give a rating or any comments on any of those platforms if you'd like. If you, uh, if you give a rating, give us five stars. That would be awesome. And if you do, leave a comment. I'll definitely uh, thank you and read it on air if you want, if you want to. But if you want to subscribe, just go to any of those platforms and just subscribe to us. It'll definitely help out the show. Okay, we got a great guest, or guests, it's the whole band. And And I've previously, in my journalistic sort of scene, career, whatever you want to call it, have been very Detroit-centric. But over the years, I've kind of created some space from reporting on nothing but Detroit stuff, Detroit area stuff, whatever. But sometimes I do got to, you know, bring it back home, bring it back home to the home team, and support some of the, the interesting bands that I really do enjoy from the Detroit area. And this week's guest is the alternative pop band from the Detroit area, Lilac Lungs. Uh, The vocalist, Emily Torres, and the guitarist, Johnny Burrell. And I think the drummer, Matt Jones, he kind of pokes in for a little bit in this interview. But it was just mainly Emily and Johnny for most of the interview. So we talked to them about how the band started, what they want to do. Uh, their new uh album, Eventide, that just came out recently. And I went to their uh, record release show uh, recently at the Crowfoot and Pontiac and it was awesome. They're really good live and I definitely went and talked with them after after their uh their concert. You know, so we got on the Skype machine as uh, Ariel Hawani would always say, the Skype machine. And we uh we talked on a uh, talked a few weeks ago about everything that has to do with the band. So here's our interview with uh Lilac lungs How's your weekend been? It's been uh it's been good.
4: Um I feel like I'm on information overload right now, but it's a good thing. We're having after this interview we're going to do like a park day and go and just chill and
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think that's um, what I'm about to do too after uh, it's
4: much needed I think for everyone.
0: Cool, cool, cool. All right, all right, start things off. um, You know, how did uh, Lilac Lungs originally form? You know, how did you guys meet?
2: Well, it started out as me and John. We've been dating for over two years now, and we got together one day, and we were like, hey, we should start a band. And, you know, we kind of started out as it was just us two in the beginning, and we wrote our first EP together, the Lilac Lungs EP, and then um, Matt joined because we needed to play music live and we wanted to have um, a drummer live. And we oh, kind of started from there. Yeah.
0: You know, when did everything sort of take shape uh, for this band? When did you first start feel comfortable with you know, what you were doing? <sighs>
2: yesterday
0: oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a blur mm-hmm. of uncomfortableness
4: but and, that we're trying to work through subtly but, but, but
2: it's good though it's good oh yeah so
4: it's we're s- and it, it, like out. we say that but like it still feels like we're trying to figure everything out
2: mm-hmm. but
4: um we um i would say like a big like um staple would be our album release show it was like really kind of just like a um Something that felt like it was like finally, like, okay, like, this is, we were able to do this, like, put on an album release show and um, have people come out and watch us, you know? And that was like a huge, like, gratifying moment for us. It was it was just like, uh, I don't know. It was super awesome. It was an awesome experience to have our album and, and be able to, like, portray it live and have people come out for that. So, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I was at the show. It was a really good show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, sweet. Cool. What did you guys have to do, sort of, uh, in preparation of that show, to really feel as comfortable as you actually could? You know, not you probably weren't totally comfortable once you hit the stage (laughs) with it. But what, what what's the most preparation that you had to do for that show?
2: Well, we we totally practiced like four times a week, three times a week, to prepare for that show for a couple months, and then also preparing like paying for like lighting and you know just like the whole like stage aspect everything like that um
4: we uh we rented we actually rented the crowfoot the day before and uh, we rented that stage the day before so so that we could could like set up and practice all of the production because like that's not every show like that was something that we spent a lot of money and time on that for Mm -hmm. that specific show so we we weren't used to it like that's what i'm trying to say is like we're not we're not used to like that production every night yeah um so that was that was something that we had to definitely get used to and, and practice, mm-hmm. so we were there the day before for like six hours, just like setting everything up, getting used to everything. We ran through the set like once or twice, so that helped a lot i I felt super comfortable after
2: that. me too yeah we we tried to go above and beyond for that show because we wanted it to be huge because it was a big deal, you know it's yeah. our album release show, and we wish every show could be like that, but you know until then,
0: yeah. Right. One day.
2: One day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One day. Uh, you know, at the show, when you looked out and you saw so many people there, you know, what went through your head?
2: Gosh, it's such a surreal feeling when you step on stage. Like, there's a, a certain aspect of being kind of nervous a little bit before. But I don't know if that is like that for you guys. But when I, like, instantly get on stage, like, I'm not nervous anymore. And I'm just, like, in a good way overwhelmed by all the people and the faces, like you were saying. It's just, like, a, a surreal moment. Just like what we
4: live for. It feel it feels like what a dream. Like when you remember a dream,
2: uh-huh.
4: that's what it feels like to me. Like it feels like wow, like that. And and not to be like cliche or like anything, but like, and and I don't mean that in like wow, it was a dream. It, it because it was, it was an awesome moment. But like, it feels like I'm remembering a dream.
2: Like, did that even happen? Yeah, like
4: you know, was that real sort of thing?
2: Yeah.
4: Which was. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we we walked out on stage and it was like, done. And we were off stage and I was like, uh, yeah, so that happened. Like, <laughs> I want see the pictures and everything. But yeah. like, it, I, I remember like vivid moments from it. Like you remember like a dream, like something very specific in detail or something. And and it's just, I don't know how to explain it. That's like the best way I can explain how it felt. is just like, it it reminds me of remembering a dream.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And it and it, it was so it was it was really like um I don't know it was it was like inspiring for us too because after like every, everything like settled in and we got to like um meet with people who wanted to like take pictures of us and like take pictures with us and hang out with us after the show and um it was really uh I don't know like surreal like the, I don't know it was um it was awesome to get that much support what i'm trying to say it's like yeah. it's it's really cool that to like put something out and to get support at all you know from it
0: mm-hmm. but
4: um especially that night it was really cool
0: right like uh i, ca- I kind of think about this like sort of like the bands that you had opening the show and then some of the bands you've done shows with around town everybody that's sort of adjacent to what you guys are doing there's a there's a really positive sort of community going on do you feel that with everybody yeah, yeah especially yeah. with those bands that we played with mm-hmm. like everyone has
4: um their their band friends that they connect with most and I think that those are ours
3: yeah um, in the yeah. scene
4: is like it feels like uh it's super comfortable like we didn't we didn't play that show and we weren't like well these guys do well and these guys draw a bunch of numbers we said like okay who's our who are we closest with who are we played with the most who are we most comfortable with and that's what made that day go smoothly I think is like we we knew everyone, and it was it was just like a friends hanging out mostly, and then playing a really cool show together. So um, it was definitely a community, though. It, it felt feels like friends.
0: Right. Um, it's super. It's super chill. Super fun. It was a fun show. I loved it. That's what
4: we want. We wanted to focus on that, I think, because a lot of shows you go to, and you just see like a band play and like either leave or like a band play and not talk to the other bands, which is like. I don't know. It just, it, 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 doesn't seem like it should be like that. You should be like friendly to each other and nice to each other and want to hang out, you know, cause we're all on the same boat. So it's cool to have that friendship with them.
0: Right. And, and I saw, and I saw members of other bands there that weren't, weren't even on the bill.
4: Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What are, um, you know, what, what are some of the musical influences that you all have that sort of that you had that pointed you creatively to the direction that you wanted for this band.
2: Okay. Um, we take influence from like everybody. We we just love like watching tons of musicians and you know how they perform live and you know the way that they carry themselves. I can think of like Michael Jackson to like then you know Toronto Pilots or something now. It's just like a mix of everybody.
4: I personally I like to. I don't know, I get inspired from, like, a lot of things, I feel like. It's not just, like, wow, like, this particular artist is really cool. I want to duplicate that or whatever, you know. It's, like, um, I, like I'll like i gain inspiration from, like, movie soundtracks. And I'll be, like, wow, that really felt, made me feel, like, a certain way that I want to portray. Um, or, and even, like, down to not musical inspirations, like, how artists carry themselves, like what Emily was talking about, and how they
3: mm-hmm. deal
4: with... Um, people who support them and how they deal with uh, just everything. And not only in live performance too, like um, it takes a lot to perform your music on stage. And you have to think about like a lot of that, those aspects that you have to um, portray. So it's, I, I think we get, it's, it's not fair to say like, this artist inspired this or this artist inspired that because we gain from like so much I feel. And we're also like diverse, we're different and from each other too. So. I think we all just like kind of draw that in from our personal lives and kind of channel it towards the direction that we want to take for the band.
0: At the release show, uh, which song was it that you had the video going on with clips from people?
2: It was Tranquil.
0: Okay, what's the story behind all that?
2: So Tranquil, um, we wrote, it was for the Lilac Lungs EP. It's our first EP. And I wrote it from just kind of speaking on like anxiety and panic attacks and stuff that I deal with. And I know that a lot of our our fans and our friends and stuff, that's just something that a lot of people go through. And I wanted to be very in depth with the things that I dealt with because I've never written music like that. And I really wanted to dive into that. And even for Eventide, our album that we just released, I felt like I really chose lyrics that were you know in depth and stuff about the things that I go through. And yeah, so that was tranquil.
0: Do you feel like uh, with um, the stuff that you did on Eventide, um you were able to get more personal than ever before on this on this uh, um, on this record?
2: I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I really wanted to channel that part of me of really talking about the things that I've gone through. You know, not being afraid to talk about the things that make you afraid.
0: <laughs> like, what what do you hope your listeners get out of listening to your music?
2: I I hope that they really realize that they're not alone, with things that they go through. And, you know, even us, like we go through stuff that they would go through just just the same. And, you know, we, we really want to be like a band that you needed when you were like in high school or middle school or when you were out of high school at any age. We just wanna be, you know, uh, we wanna create a community that, that feels like, you know, we're all in this together.
0: What sort of feedback do you get on your shows? You know, spe- specifically the record release party. Anytime that you perform, you know, what sort of feedback did you get from your uh, from the audience?
2: Well, a lot of people liked when I got in the crowd and they were holding me up. Oh, that was fun! <laughs> <them>. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that, and I couldn't think—I can't think of a, a, a better time than to do it at our album release show. <laughs> right,
0: right, 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 right. That was great.
4: Uh, when uh, I don't know live. Like playing your music live is super like it's difficult, and you'd think it would be like a breeze. You just go up there and like, oh yeah, you just play the songs. But I mean, like for me, I think I make it hard on myself because I think I over tend to overthink things. But I I want to think of like every little detail that we're like doing on stage, and like even down to I don't know, like drinking water. Like I don't know, it, it sounds weird, but I when you're when I when I'm on stage and when I feel like I'm I'm portraying my music, I wanna I wanna focus on those details just because I think it's important. And I think every little like movement on stage is is important mm-hmm. and equally as important. Um, yeah. So I I focus a lot on little stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to do that.
4: Though. Yeah, and I, I think it's good like good feedback is uh when people don't when people say like or don't say like they didn't like this or they didn't like when I was drinking my water bottle right by the mic you know so I to I, <laughs> I not do those things so people don't say that like hey don't do that next time that was awkward you know so like good feedback is when we don't get those reactions I feel like when it goes smoothly and no one says anything about that sort of like awkwardness yeah. and like everyone. Is like okay, yeah, it went good. It was good, you know, and and you know, it just you did it a good job.
0: You did a good job. I, and
4: you're like, like <laughs> I think that's good. You know, I don't know. I, I'd rather have that than hey, don't do this because I feel like a lot of people like to critique you and like to come up to you and say like, hey, next time don't do that. But we didn't. I, I feel like I didn't get a lot of that for this show. It was it was more all positive stuff and um, not a lot of oh, like critiquing. So you know.
2: Our dads didn't say anything to us. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about our dads. Like, they critique us a lot. <laughs> do, do your Do your parents come out to your shows a lot?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: My mom actually lives in Florida, and so does my sister, and they were both at that album release show.
2: They flew all the way out yeah. to come what, to that.
4: What'd they think? They loved it.
2: Yeah, yeah. they yeah. they
4: loved it. My mom's No is,
2: critiques. No, um, no, not at all. Can't.
4: My mom is like our biggest fan. Yeah. So she was like I saw during like more than once during the show I saw my mom like jumping in the crowd, like right by the barricade and I was like Yeah,
0: yes. I saw I saw everybody's parents <laughs> yeah. and stuff. I, I was nearby, I saw them all partying. So Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was that was really fun. Yeah. Going into, uh, you know, making this album, you know, what was sort of your, you know, your mindset going into it, what you wanted to do? What was sort of the mood of all you guys when sort of figuring out what you wanted to exactly do on this album? So. Well, we had never done
4: it before.
2: Yeah, it was our first album as, you know.
4: So, like, we didn't have, personally, I didn't have, like, a, Okay, this is what's this is what I'm going to be doing. This is how I'm going to be thinking, and I want to get it done this way because I had never, like, recorded a full length before. We stayed at our producer's house for like two weeks straight, and um, every day we woke up at like ten a.m. and went to bed at like two a.m. And in between that, that, during those times, we just worked and worked on music and recorded stuff. So it was it was um, a lot to take in, and it was it was a learning process for all of us. I think like now when going into our next album or our next phase we can say like okay this is what we can like expect you know yeah. and this is what we can like go into doing personally i would um i don't know this is like getting in detail but i would have liked to focus more on like pre-production work and and i think that would have helped me a lot more going into the studio but um you know other than that i didn't really have like a right um, uh, a mindset you know I, I knew we were gonna like you know, we were paying a lot of money for this and we had to get it done <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like fairly quickly. But, like, other than that, it was kind of just like, oh, well, hope for the best.
2: The only thing I did know that I wanted was the album to be called Eventide. I've always wanted to name our first album as a band to be Eventide because I love that word and what it stands for. And um, so, Eventide is uh, another name or synonym for like evening or, you know, nighttime. Yeah. And someone who liked, it, Deals with a lot of mental health issues and stuff. They know that, you know, the nighttime can be kind of difficult. That's when you think about a lot of things. And the actually the album artwork for Eventide was supposed to represent like a never-ending sunset, to kind of like you know a, a place to hold all of these songs and the things that you go through and the things that you you know are dealing with. And that's why I just wanted it to be called um, Eventide. I thought it was very fitting. Always wanted it.
0: Who did you guys work with on this uh, record? Who produced it?
2: Lee Albrecht of Lee Albrecht Studios, right?
0: <laughs> he lives in
4: Grand Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> one of Grand Rapids. He was actually one of our friends um, before going in there, so yeah. we kind of knew sound, what he did. It sound like we're not friends with well, him yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs>
2: not Before, I, before like, we went in there. Went, no. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> oh, actually so in a band, uh, a metal band.
1: And Seraphim,
2: Seraphim. he's in a band called Seraphim, and um, he does awesome work.
0: What'd you guys learn, uh, you know, working with him, you know, during this uh, writing and recording process? You know, was there anything you were like, oh, like, that kind of, like, sparked in your mind while that you were recording uh, with him and he was helping you out? For me, to be a little bit more prepared, like I was talking about,
4: musically. Because yeah. I felt yeah. like we were going into the studio and we just like jammed ourselves and we were like, oh gosh, we got to figure out that now and like, it was just like stumble after stumble after stumble and it hopefully worked out, you know, but um, or thankfully, but um, I would have liked to be like more prepared, yeah, a little bit more prepared because you know it was our first time and we learned a lot from doing it, so um, I would have liked to take a lot more time with like how specifically everything was going to go because we had like a basic idea of the songs and what we wanted to do and chord structure and all that but like getting down to like the detail of every song i would have liked to have an idea for like every little detail i know that sounds kind of like anal but it just um i don't know out of it would made me feel better because like going into it we could have like changed a little here and there but we would have like a good idea of like what the song exactly what we wanted for it um which we we sort of had like a general idea, but it wasn't like a, of, a, 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 I don't know, like a in detail kind of thing. I don't know. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm.
0: Was there anything about the you know the in studio process that you weren't you know expecting?
2: His roommate had a bunny pet bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the whole time that we were there. And he would just like run around. That's, I definitely didn't expect that, so. <laughs> Something that
4: we didn't expect? Was that the question? Like
2: bite, yeah,
4: yeah. Something we didn't expect?
2: Yeah,
4: during yeah. the recording process. Hmm.
2: Didn't expect. Um, the bunny. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: At this point, um, what do you feel you're, you know, you need to do at this point to sort of, you know, break out of, you know, just being like a Michigan band or a regional band and being able to go elsewhere. What do you think you need to be, uh, do at this point?
2: Touring. Yeah. It's time for us to tour. Yeah. And we're, we're ready to do it. We're ready to go. We're actually, um, planning some tour dates coming up soon that we're going to release.
4: Yeah. Just getting on the road, I think. And, uh really taking the time to, like, grind out each city of, like, where we want to go. I know we're going, like, down south and some Midwest states in the summer, and then in the fall time we're going over west, like the west side of the country. Um, So really just, like, taking apart um, each city that we want to go to and and say, okay, we want to play here, we want to play here and here and here, like all over, hopefully. So just playing all over, spreading the word, you know yeah
0: <laughs> <a> good <word. laughs> having good old times that's the dream right <laughs> right and still being a fairly new band uh, what you know has there been any advice you've been able to pick up with anybody that you've worked with or just are an acquaintance with um, whether it's other bands publicists managers whatever in regards to you know where are you going to go next with everything
4: well, I, I feel like we have uh we're starting to build like a strong team behind us. Yeah. Um. So we're learning like every day, like
2: and yeah, the
4: learn the stuff, industry yeah, and all that. how in detail it actually is, and like how in depth it can be.
2: Yeah.
4: Um. But as far as like specific like lessons or something we've learned, do you guys have anything? I can't think of anything. I about.
2: just think of like just a quote that I carry around with me everywhere is a uh, um, perform with as much conviction for five people as you would for 5,000 people. I've always loved that one to kind of just always perform every show as if you're performing for thousands of people.
0: Right, right. What do you, you know, what do you feel that your, your future aspirations are for this band?
2: You know, perform at the Grammys. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 well, uh, I feel like we have a lot
4: of um, realistic goals, um, but the like a, Grammys. Being one of yeah. the Grammys next Jeez, year, uh, <laughs> but I feel like we we also have like a lot of um, like, not unrealistic, but like crazy goals that will come in time, but like that aren't going to happen like next year year or something they're going to take like a lot of time we hopefully like will blow up tomorrow but um i think we have a lot of realistic goals like uh touring a lot playing playing everywhere and um getting this next cycle ready too i know we're already thinking about that we just released a cycle but like i'm already thinking about doing pre-production for the next album which is crazy but um i feel like um being that prepared will help me out
0: yeah, and you and know help. more about, you know, what to expect the next time so that, like, you can get started now if you feel feel the urge.
4: Exactly. So, like, any downtime that I get, I'm in, like, my room trying to – I'm dabbling with, like, music, dabbling with music software and stuff.
0: How are you guys, uh, you know, getting prepared for upcoming shows or touring? I know when the band first started, it was just you two, then you said you added members. You know, how, how do those, you know, extra members, you know, that you added, you know, what do they bring to the table for this band? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: well, I feel like we've um, developed into like um, what Lilac Links is because we had an i like a very specific idea of what we wanted to do in the very beginning, and then we had those like member changes or whatever. And now we're going back to that, like, specific vision of, like, okay, this is Lilac Lungs, and we're growing as this. Um, so I feel like we're all, like, a part of Lilac Lungs now. You know, it's not just Emily and I. You know, we're it's – it's definitely, like, a team um, thing, you know. So it's – it's and, and, and aside from that, like, I've grown um, – in, like, my friendship with Matt, you know, I, I was, like, dating Emily, but um, I've grown, like, <laughs> really, like, a lot. And I'm super, super grateful for that. Like, he's, like, my best friend now. So it's grown that way and as a band, um, just a, a, as, like, this is what Wild is. Not not just, like, what can they add. It's, like, this is who we are, you know.
0: You know, through the time, has has there been – like roles established between between each member of the, of the group about, you know, what they do both musically and as part of like the band as a whole.
4: Yeah. And I feel like we're always figuring that out. (laughs) Um, We recently went through a lot of change and um, got put in some like uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but comfortable at the same time situations where we had to learn and grow. Um, And, we're always like figuring out, um, and and um, you know what what we each do for the band. Um, so it's it's a it's a growing process in itself, figuring out like okay, like we can do now we can do this or, or whatever. But um, it's been a process figuring that out, and and especially as like a new band. Um, we had to go through like the kinks and work through some weird spots, but now I feel like we're on a really good track and I'm super comfortable and confident with, with our, our vision that we have in our, for the next few months Mm -hmm. and future, but specifically in these next year or so I'm excited for it.
0: As you know, as any band grows, you know, uh, there'll be more responsibilities more sacrifices, you know, all types of shit like that. Is there anything about like this band that you hope n- never changes?
2: I hope Matt never cuts his hair
0: <laughs> for real.
2: Because
0: <laughs> I would, ruin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd quit. quit. I'd, I honestly quit. wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: wouldn't be the same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he has and the he longest looks- hair of the group, man. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, he's longer hair than I do.
4: <laughs> I aspire <laughs> to be that one day. I don't know if I can pull up that like him, but you know, I'm getting there. Right. <laughs> uh, I just always aspire to be as cool as Matt, and that's how the band that's, that's where totally we get cool. our inspiration. Yeah.
0: He brought the coolness to the to the band?
4: Trying yeah. to be as cool as Matt. Yeah. That's how we write our, that's what our all of our songs are
0: about. <laughs> he set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think is the scariest thing about being a music artist?
2: No failing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, dropping out of college and then, you know.
4: Well, being this young, I think, like, this age in general is, like, weird. Yeah. Well, how, old, how old is everybody? I'm 20. And we're 21. And they're both 12. Oh, yeah. So it's like,
2: so we're it's, a, two, it's a weird, it's like yeah. a weird
4: age. Even, like, with kids that are going to school or any, any, mm-hmm. any... 20-ish year old is going through I think the same thing it's just like taking risks and um, doing things that you think will help you in the future hopefully but um, I think as a musician how I it affects me is like there's no real security like you could at least in like college you have curriculum that you have to follow or like um, tests that you have to go take or whatever but like with music being a musician is like it's all on you. It's all you, you know, you, gotta you, 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 you got to do it. You <laughs> have to figure it out. And if you don't, then, you know, you're going to be living under a bridge, which <laughs> wouldn't be a bad thing. I think that, it's a cool study. <laughs> uh, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's like any 20 year old, you're going to have to take risks, but, um, Music, music's hard, man. <laughs> music is hard. Being a, musician, being a musician's like emotionally hard and yeah. um, mentally draining.
2: But when you're a musician, it just feels right. Just doing music has always just felt right. Oh, yeah, it feels like the right way.
4: I guess that's a sign that you care, though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. No matter like how tired we are, we get up and think about what we have to do next. You know. And and like who was Matt was just saying, like that's a sign that we actually want this and we we want to do it and we strive to do it every single day. No matter what. So
0: how do you sort of like deal with like the with that emotionally draining aspect of it all? You know, whether it's just the work that you have to do or the emotion that you have to put into the actual music
4: uh well like today we're going to the park you know we're we're, we're ta- we take it's I think it's important to take those days that you do nothing and, and you, to grow
2: too as friends yeah you know? and
4: just to like hang out and do nothing music oriented yeah and it like be- that was like something that we um brought up like we're gonna hang out today and then we had to say just for like a um I don't know we had to say like okay but no music yeah. you know like we're hanging out today and then it was like a pause, and we were signing up, but no, nothing music-oriented. And I was like, we were on the same page, like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. So we're, like, going to the park and hanging out with friends and um, just taking that day to, like, um, rec- recoup our brain functions, you know? So doing yeah. stuff like that. And I think, like, music in itself is, like, um, gets me through the day, like, every single day. Um, like, if I, if I can't listen to music, then... I, I, right now, I work at Jimmy John's part-time, to, so it's, like, I'm in the, and I deliver, so I'm in the car, like, a lot of hours out of the week, and if I don't have music, forget it, like, it's, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't function.
2: And I, I work at Staples, and they play the same songs every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that, um, just that aspect of leisure is super important. I'm actually uh, reading this book about rest and how rest um, helps with the productivity of um, people. And you got a
2: lot of books behind
3: yeah, you. Yeah, and,
0: and how like when you're resting, your brain is actually still working and sort of computing all that stuff that you were previously working on. So when you go to the park and do those things, your brain's still working on that music stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. later on, it might be a breakthrough on something else, you know? So you right. need to definitely do those those sort of breaks in your day and go to the park and just chill out. Yeah, yeah. do nothing. Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah.
0: What do you think is the most rewarding part of being a music artist?
2: Probably the, the supporters and the people that, um, yeah. you know, when they they message you and say, thank you for writing this song, I needed to hear it. I think that yeah, right there.
4: It is that too. yeah, getting that many people to like back what you do um, is crazy. Yeah. Um also like it's kind of like weird but like getting something physically in your hands with your art and your yeah. music is like super rewarding.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
4: when we opened up the box of the CDs and we like took out the CD, it was like
3: that okay, was okay we're, we're
4: holding this in our mm-hmm. hands right now.
0: Like, like I made this. We made this, you know? Like, like this is crazy. It's right here, you know. We (laughs) have something
2: to hold. Yeah, when we got the CDs for our album release show, we got them the day of the album release show. So it was like, man, I hope they come. And then they were there, and it was like, oh, thank
0: God. (laughs) That's awesome, that's awesome. All right, just to, like, sort of, uh, you know, wind down this interview, uh, you know, what's next for you guys? You know, is there anything specific that you guys uh, are thinking about you know what? What should everybody be on the lookout next for Lilac Lungs?
2: Um, tour dates. We're gonna be releasing those soon. Um, yes. More music videos. Yeah. More, um, just awesome videos. We have a documentary coming out soon about the album release show, and.
4: I think we're going through some like big changes right now.
2: Too. Yeah. So big changes. So. Um,
4: just like following up with our social media you'll like know and be informed about all of that but um just like taking those next steps as like a business even um and and like emily said like going on the road touring all over um hopefully you know um living in a van sleeping in a van not shopping for a week you know (laughs) so we look forward to (laughs) it
0: great great all right it's been great talking with you where can people uh you know find you know lilac lungs online to for more information Everywhere. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Oh, the the, yeah, We
4: have Snapchat. We have a website, lilacalungs.com. We um, so, yeah, just
0: go on the <laughs> Internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah be fine. All right. It's been great talking with you. You know, good luck with everything. The, the release show was amazing. Uh, can't wait to yep. you know, hear more from you guys.
2: Thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, like John said, thank you for coming to our show.
0: All right. No problem. You have a good day.
2: You too. Bye.
0: Have fun fun at the park. Thanks. All right. Bye. So that was my interview with the band Lilac Lungs. They're from the Detroit area. They're awesome. They have a new album out called Eventide. Go pick that shit up. And like always, we're here at the Fresh of the Word discussion portion of the show. And I am joined by my co-host, pro wrestling and MMA connoisseur, Detroit hip-hop artist, and proud Marine, V-Styles. How you doing?
1: Uh, uh, What's good, Kelly? How you doing, man?
0: I'm all right, man. I'm all right, man. We had, uh, we had a we had, a, we, had a de- we had a really cool um, weekend for MMA. Uh Bellator had their uh Bellator 180 in NYC pay-per-view. Uh UFC had a fight night uh featuring Detroit's own, the Motown Phenom, Kevin Lee. Uh mm-hmm. No no the funny thing was is like um on on Saturday, I ha- I had to DJ a wedding, so I couldn't watch uh, Bellator when it was happening. Uh, so yeah. so I had to watch it the next day. So I I watched I watched all like part of it before UFC and then part of it after UFC. And what mm-hmm. I got out of it was that, dude, Bellator's product right now is so, so much more vibrant than like UFC's product. Yep, yeah, totally agree. I was like, dude, this is like, like it just, it, there's something bland about the, the, just the, the production of the UFC compared to what we saw at, uh, for you, um, for Bellator this weekend. And I was just like, dude, like, yeah. <laughs> imagine,
1: uh, imagine if UFC had the production that Bellator has. Right, man. Um, well, I'll tell you like this, and this is what I've known and know all along for a long time. Scott Coker is the shit. So <laughs> um, um every you know, I I, I got kind of mixed feelings about um this weekend's uh pay per view. Um people ask my opinion because they know I'm pro Bellator. Right. Uh so these are my thoughts. All right, I thought it was—I thought it was the weirdest pay per view I've ever seen. Like,
0: it not was in weird. a bad
1: way, but like, freak shit was happening. Right, it
0: was like, it was, yeah, like weird shit was happening, man. Like, there was a lot of things that you could say that were upsets. Uh, I don't—you just couldn't—you couldn't really even pick anything really to happen, you know? It was just
1: all over the board, man. From Michael Chandler, you know, um, I talked to Mo today. Uh, he said his his muscle, his, his, the motor for his calf muscle, went out, so right. he couldn't he couldn't control his muscle, which which left him flat footed. So that's why you seen his foot kept going up, up, up under his ankle is because he had no control of the actual muscle. Yeah, so I feel sorry for him he that lost, that happened. He lo- well, he's still a warrior, though, man, because he wanted to fight on one leg, and he, he right. still went out like a champ, and he'll get his belt back um, when they do the rematch. There's yeah, no man, he thing, still, uh, man, he was still man, he was still
0: fighting, man. He was still, like, hopping on one leg, and he not, even knocked down yeah. a, bre- a, bre- a premise, like, with one foot.
1: <laughs> yeah, he almost knocked him out with one fucking foot. So, um... He'll get his belt back and you know, I rocks with with Michael Chandler, man, so
0: Right. I like that guy, man. You know I, I heard yeah, an interview with him dude. today and it was really I I like that guy, man. He he just he he just about it, man. He hundred percent, he just about it.
1: A warrior. Yeah. yeah, he 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 goes out on his shield the way he wants to every fucking time and you can't do anything but respect that. So I, I fucks with him, you know, on, on that aspect. And I'm I'm a fan of Michael Chandler. Plus his wife like my Bruce Lee uh, shoes, you know. So right. I, I, you know, I show love. I show love. So he, you know, his, his, his lady was like, oh, you have nice shoes. I said, hey, these are not just regular shoes. These are Bruce Lee shoes. Right. I said, hey, you see the blood? You see the stripes right there? The blood stripes. Yeah, these Kobe's are special, and she's like, "I want to get your shoes in the pictures." It was pretty, it was real <laughs> dope. But yeah, I fussed with Michael Chandler, so you know, even him losing, he's still the winner in my opinion. Right. He wasn't going to lose that fight. Oh and no. He's he's just inconvenienced for a couple months without the strap. He'll get it back. Right. Um. As far as the Fedor fight, yo, the dude. Fedor. <laughs> look. That
0: was crazy, man. They both punch each that, other at the same time,
1: man. At the same, like, that's what I'm talking about. This is the weirdest shit that I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? You know, and, it, and this is one of the things people, you know, people like, oh, man, Fedor, you know, he doesn't have it anymore. Let's be 100% real on something. Fedor has always been an undersized heavyweight. Right. When you look at Matt Matrioni on the side of or in front of Fedor, he's dwarfing Fedor. Right. So Fedor has always had an uphill battle as far as being the smaller heavyweight. And, you know, Fedor's jab, uh, excuse me, Fedor's right hand uh, connected with, you know, and it did, it did enough damage to knock that big guy down. Right. So, so I mean, Matt only seen, it, you know, they both was down, and he just got up faster. That's how I look. He got up faster and finished the fight. Right. Um, <laughs> that was wild, just, it was man. So, it was weird fucking shit. Then they had the, the dude making his MMA debut.
0: Yeah, Aaron Pico. Ass, uh, yeah
1: get smashed by a dude that I never heard of in my life. Right, um, man.
0: Yeah, he Like, Zach Freeman was, you know, like a wild underdog for this. Uh, no one really knew who he was, and he comes in and just uh, chokes him out in, tw- in, like, 24 seconds, man. Like, like that shit was 24 seconds. It was, like, crazy, man. Like... <laughs> hmm Yeah, it was just a yeah, bunch it
1: just, of weird shit. It was... It was just a weird ass pay-per-view. And then you 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 talk about uh the Lorenz Larkin um who did he go against Lorenz Larkin went against uh, uh Douglas I can't think of dude's name. Lima. Uh man. He went against Lima. Yeah. Um everybody for the most part, including myself, we all thought that it was gonna be fighter of the night. Um
0: and uh nah. it,
1: it was a little underwhelming. Uh and again, this is what I try to tell people, you know, when when you find out a fighter is going to Bellator. When you have fighters go over to Bellator, people automatically think it's gonna be an automatic win. Right. It doesn't it doesn't happen like that. Um I mean, every everybody from Benson Henderson to to you know Lorenz Larkin to uh, black dude with with the with the blonde hair been um, on Loser Street. Oh, um, on, I don't so think my, he's, he, I don't even think he's fighting in Bellator anymore, man. Right. But, um, the 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 baby, the baby, the baby assassin, or something like that, dude from New Orleans. Yeah. Um, Josh. Yeah. Josh
0: Say again. Uh, Josh. Kroszak. Oh
1: no, not Josh Koscheck, but him too. Yeah. <laughs> you know him too. He he's another guy that you know people get caught up with this whole alphabet game, and I've been we've been saying for years that you know, yeah, you may know these dudes, you know, as far as having uh I'm talking about, I was talking about Melvin g r that's what I was talking okay. about. Okay. Right. Um um everybody's so quick to say, hey this guy was UFC he'll kill him. Well y'all learning real quick that it's not you know, I picked Lorenz Larkin to win to be the new champion and it just didn't go down like that, man. It's a you got guys that get up strictly because they fighting a former UFC fighter making their debut. You yeah. know, so You know, that'd be their championships beating the UFC fighter because they get to put that shit on on on, you know, on their win loss record as a win. So, you know, Mo had a target on his head. It took him a minute to, you know, get back on his shit, even though he was fighting his his first five, six fights really not even at sixty, seventy percent because he still had a knee injury. Yeah. Um Never get caught up in the alphabets, man. You watch MMA. You watch boxing because of the fighters. We wouldn't know about the organizations or the promotions if if you didn't know who the fighter was. So, um, good win for Lima. Um, I think Lorenz Larkin bounced bounce back, you know. Right. Um, go back to Ryan Bader. Uh, Phil Davis fight. Um, that was a close one. I gave that fight to Phil Davis. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I mean, I think he's a nice guy, but I don't even rock with him like that. So, right. you know, I try to call it as I, as I see it, and I don't think Ryan Bader, you know, won that fight. I think they gave him the belt. Um, yeah, those scores were all them, over the
0: board for uh, for that fight. It was a split decision. Two judges gave it forty nine forty six to Bader, but then the other judge gave it 48 forty eight forty seven to uh, Phil Davis.
1: I don't even know how that shit went down like that, but <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I I didn't see that. I've seen, um, you know, I've seen Phil Davis you know, being Phil Davis with his odd, odd awkward style. Yeah. And I just think he did more than Bader. But here's here's the thing. Right now it don't even fucking matter because my boy getting the first crack at at this shit. And yeah. um we we go get our hands on that belt. That belt is 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 coming this way. So it don't matter if it's Phil, Ryan, Bader you know, I was looking at. Um, you know, I like Lynn Lyndon Um, But yeah, he, he's he's, he's pretty upset. It. He's
0: pretty upset that uh that yeah probably uh, came yeah, Mo talking
1: you now. Okay, but here's the thing: Mo, Mo didn't see that. I had to tell him about that shit earlier. Um, here's what I have to say about that. You know, he get to talk about. You know, he fought. Liam McGarry, and that's supposed to be for the number one contender um, shot. Um, technically, um, if you want to look at it, his last three fights have been great. Um, and he did submit Liam um, um But I know it was two years ago, but he was utterly dominated by King Mo. Um, he got dominated by my boy. My boy almost knocked him out in that fight. Right. Um, he got hurt in that fight, but he still almost knocked that motherfucker out. So <laughs> I like uh, Lynn Basile, man. I, I think he's cool. But let's call it a, a, as we go. Call it, my boy dominated you. Sure, he's five and two in his last seven fights, but one of those fights was against uh Crow Cop on a week and a half notice, and at heavyweight, and with no training camp. So, you you know, don't get me wrong, it's, it's an L, but you don't really count that. You don't count that. And the other fight that he's talking about is the Phil Davis fight. And I don't know nobody that, you know, that, that, you know, Mo has been behind some, you know, he's on, been on the end of some of the most heinous decisions ever in Bellator. Um, you know, you can't deny he lost the fight against Emmanuel Newton. That happened. That's been it back back this it happened. I had him winning the rematch, as other people. Um, we all had him, you know, most MM I say ninety percent of MMA publications experts had him beating Rampage the first fight. Um when you come back to Phil that go go back to Phil, he beat Phil Davis. I don't know. He was up 2 nothing. Even Jimmy Smith was like, I got Mo going up. Uh, Mo in the fight. He's up two rounds. Phil Davis is going to have to do something in this third round. So when that announcement came, it's like, wow, are you fucking kidding me again? So, you know, um, we have momentum on, on our side. we go going to we go going to get that strap, and that's it. No diss to, to Linton, but this is the politics of the game, man. You got to sit down, and you got to wait. Sometimes, man. Hell, maybe maybe you and Phil Davis can go at it. Maybe y'all could go at it to see who get the winner of that fight. You know, I don't think you know. Initially, Bellator plan was to have Ryan go against Mo, even though it wasn't on the strap. So for uh, for the strap. So if Scott want to rebook this match, let's rock October, November. Let, let's go. That's how we looking at it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely don't think Ryan Bader won that fight. I like Ryan Bader, great guy, but I don't think he won that fight. I I think Phil Davis won that fight. I think Phil did enough to win that fight. And when you lose a championship, you got to beat the champion. And I don't necessarily think Ryan Bader beat the champion, you know. But, hey, it is what it is, you know. That's just my opinion. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was a lot of weird
0: shit going on this weekend. Uh, what about this, but uh, what about this, uh, James? The female G-
1: boxer. <laughs> what? The female boxer. Oh, Heather Hardy? Her, dude. Dude, that
0: was... Utterly, utterly impressed with her. Dude, that was, I love that, I love that fight. That that, that was, was the, probably the best fight of the night. Honestly, it. I, okay, that was, okay, that was the, be- that was the first match, that, that was the first fight that I watched, and I was like... Dude, this is incredible. That's a for some extra vibes, if you ask my opinion. Shit, and uh, even even her opponent, Alice Yager, she was like staying in that shit. It was a good fucking fight, man. And I nope.
1: like I like how she let her stand up. Nah, get your ass up. I'm, I'm about to I'm about to <laughs> give you all every inch of these hands. It was. Mm-hmm. You know the funny
0: thing was is sometimes with um, you know, the women's MMA is getting better and whatnot, but um. A lot of times their striking might be a little bit subpar or really awkward looking. Yo, those Heard two one. those two were going at it, and it looked impressive. And Heather Hardy was just, she was, her, man, her hand, man, she was throwing them some hands, bro.
1: Yeah, totally agree with that.
0: Oh, and, and totally. okay. And know what the be- know one of the best parts of that fight was? Is that. What's that? Is that Alice Yager, who is known as the MMA soccer mom, came out to Mob Deep Survival of the Fittest. Wasn't that ill? (laughs) I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, all right. Bellator wins. (laughs) I
1: was like, That shit was super ill. (laughs) Super ill. I was like, wait a minute. That's how we started the pay-per-view out. I was like, wait,
0: whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 this is Mob Deep. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Wait, for her? That's exact. (laughs)
3: <laughs> she, mm-hmm.
0: she's coming up the mouth deep oh shit okay and just a sidebar that's what i love about the the um the hip-hop that we grew up on because there's something so special about it that now that we're older now we're hearing it in the weirdest places Mm hmm.
1: all right,
0: right yeah i'm with you on that it's crazy i got geek when i heard that shit too i was like oh shit oh crap but no that was that was a dope fight man and i'm uh i'm excited to see more uh fights from uh, heather hardy man she dope i like her Mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah i'm um i'm curious to see what's going to happen you know uh down the line man this next year's vote is you, you really gonna see the pendulum swing I, I think in a little bit man as far as like bellator finally getting the props that they deserve
0: Right, right, right. Yo, this uh, it was crazy, crazy that um, that uh, James Gallagher uh, was able to su- submit uh, Shinzo Machida so quickly.
1: Man, yo, man, man, you know, it's one of the one of the things, man. Um, you know, I got to eat crow. I was one that said, uh, you know, I felt like I felt like Machida was gonna get it and you know i was utterly wrong on that completely wrong on that man so right shout, shout out to the kid man you got to give props to the kid man you know, yeah, know he walked I've in been, there like a
0: g man he walked you know, up in there just stared uh chinza ray in the face and was like i'm going to beat you and then 2 minutes later he beat him
1: yeah but is it, i mean but in hindsight now, are we really impressed by that? He'd be the 40 year old right, so I mean I know he's a macheita and he's the older brother. You would think the older brother um has a little a little clientele, but you know he doesn't um you know, he doesn't.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see Ooh. what uh, comes up next with uh, James Gallagher. Uh, it looks like they're still trying to, you know, try to eventually push that uh, Gallagher versus the McKee uh, fight. Mhm. I think that.
1: Yeah. Um. Um. I want to see both of them um, build a little bit more, man. I want to see both of them um, build a little bit more, man. But Gallagher was was super impressive, man. I. I you know i can't even front his his, his jiu jitsu game was 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 pretty bad pretty nuts. Nice. no definitely no definitely he was uh
0: definitely impressive what'd you make of the uh the main event of the night Sonnen versus vineli silva
1: um i mean it was what i was most happy for is it wasn't an early knockout right um um, it, you know, as far as how I look at it, the game plan is what we all expected. Chelsea is not going to, was not going to stand with Adelaide Silver. Um, I, you know, he did what he had to do. He took him off his feet and, you know, that was pretty much it you know. they uh, had no defense for any of
0: those takedowns, man, at all,
1: man. He was able to... He, yeah, he... It's like he didn't even... I mean, he said that they went over there in training camp, but it didn't look at like it. No, nah, man. Chell yeah. ch- 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 was Chale, able to you know,
0: get him down each time.
1: Yeah, Chell is an Olympic alternate, so you're talking about, you know, the baddest of the bad. When you become an alternate or make the Olympic team, it's like, it's a certain level. So you're not going to stop his takedowns right you know um period he's going to get you down you know his wrestling is that good you know he took Anderson Silva down a lot of times it was that's second nature to him that's why that works for him yeah um styles make fights and his vandalay style was perfect for what chill strong points were so he knew to stay away from that hand because he got caught several times, and he went down once or twice from that right hand, but Vanderlei couldn't do nothing with it. So, um, you know, I like both dudes. I am a MMA. I'm a re- reborn. I was reborn back into MMA, man, Um, because of Vanderlei Silva. That's when I fell in love with this sport all over again, seeing him in pride. I'm a Chael guy because you know I think I told the story before about you know how I rock with Chael you know and, and his generous you know his generous soul you know that 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 he has. Um, I'm not surprised by the outcome. It was actually a pretty decent fight. Right. Yeah. And uh, I I want to I want to see I want to see what's next. Man, Silva was next. pissed after that fight. Man, he. Yeah, because he wanted to fight. He he didn't want. And it's, I mean, Mandalay uh, uh, is like rampage. He don't want to get taken off his feet. Right. Um, and it's it's crazy, you know that. Um, you know, we're still looking at these this dude or both of these dudes in 2017 headlining the pay per view. So. You know, salute the OGs just on that man, and uh, let's see where they go from you know from here. You know, I want to see who they go lay up with next, and I want to see you know what they're gonna do as far as with Chael Sonnen. You know, because they they can sell some fights.
0: Definitely, yeah. Chael Sonnen wants Fedor next, but Scott Coker's not really hot on
1: that idea. Nah. Now, Scott Coker is going to make a fight that you know people want to see. You know, and and you know, it it was easy to sell the Chael Vanderlei fight, um, because of the history, and it never happened. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to see. You know, where where do we go from here? What what happens after? You know. What happens after this? You know, um, where does Fedor go? Where does Matt matrioni go? And by the way, um, I was happy for Meathead all until he got to talking that Donald Trump shit.
0: Yeah, man. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, all right. Then he said that, I was like, dude, he ruined it. He ruined it. Ruined you know, look, I, 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 I went, you know, as I normally do. I I got pictures with damn everybody, so I, I posted. Congratulations, meathead. As soon as he said that Donald Trump shit, man, I deleted that shit, man. Like, right. I got I a picture with him, too, too man. I, so <laughs> deleted that shit quick. Like, man, you ruined it, man. You, I was just about to show you some love, man. But, right. Now, yeah.
0: now I wanted okay. the Russian to win, man. Now I wish the Russian win. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man. Mm-hmm. damn and mm-hmm. true. No, no. no. Alright, speaking of uh weird <laughs> MMA shit going on this weekend, what about this uh the ending of this uh Kevin Lee and uh Michael Kaseya uh fight uh UFC
1: fight night? You know, I still haven't seen that fight. I've seen I've seen that particular clip though. Right. And in my opinion, just from seeing that clip. How do you not see uh what's the dude's last name, Chalice? Um uh kiseya Kelsey. Kisea? Yeah. How do you not see ca how do you not see Kisea's arms not go left for a split second? Right. Like he looked like he he,
0: he wasn't it, he, he wasn't uh intelligently defending
1: himself. That's what it looked like. At all. Know. At all. It looked like his arms went left for a split second and then And then when, you know, the ref tapped Lee, let go, he let go, then that's when he popped back up. But, do you? what was going to happen was Kevin was going to choke the shit out of him anyway. So that that grip wasn't going to do nothing to get tighter and tighter. So, you know, um, I don't think, I mean, I personally don't find fault of the ref, but, In this case, I just think, you know, Dana don't like this dude And every time he's in a main event and something somewhat controversial. That wasn't controversial to me. If you rewind that, you can look at that footage a million times and you'll see the same fucking thing. Dude arm went limp, um, and the winner is Kevin Lee. Um, I'm not mad at him, but I think it was very unprofessional of Dana to come out and bash this guy. Want we'll to talk about him giving a heart signal? I mean, the, the heart sign, you know, on TV. Like Dana be on some other shit, man. Right. You gonna get punched in this shit one day, but <laughs> I just I want to like Dana White too, man. But he he fucks it up all the time, man. With with his it, it like. If he wasn't so fucking personal, like, he'd be super personal with shit. It's like, dog, man, really? Really. You know, so it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I right, congratulations to uh, Detroit's own uh, Kevin Lee. The Motown um, phenom. Motown phenom. You know, do people in Detroit say Motown anything anymore? I'm just curious. That's, that's, you know. I don't know. Do I, you
0: d- do you hear anybody say Motown anything? Never. No, I don't.
1: Did I just say that's I, never. Okay. I, I thought it was just me. But <laughs> salute to Detroit song. I mean, you, li-
0: you actually live in Detroit. Um, I I, I, barely, I don't even get into Detroit that often anymore. So I don't even know. Oh man. <laughs> I don't
1: know. They call it the see. D. We call it the D. I don't know. Man. I don't know. We call it the D all day, every day. The D. I don't know nobody that calls Detroit Motown anymore. Okay, wait a minute, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Oh okay, so that's what it is. Okay. What's that? He was he was born in Grand Rapids. That's why I knew I knew he wasn't, you know, uh yeah, yeah. I mean I, I I'll never take Detroit from you, but he was born in Grand Rapids. Okay, raised in Detroit. Um, you went to Southfield High School. Um, if you went to Southfield High School, you gotta have Southfield resident. But that's a whole no, this a whole new, you know. Okay, yeah, I get it now. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. You, you, I get it. I get it. I get the whole motor. Multi- okay, I get it now. I get it. I get it. Thanks for the love, though. I mean, the city, you know, we 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 rock with you. But I don't know, you know. Only time I think about Motown is when I hear the tribe say, "Motown, <laughs> Motown. <laughs> <That's> um, right? Motown, right?" <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man, what do you what do you think about your uh, your boy BJ Penn, man?
1: Um. I always got to salute my man, BJ Penn. 2009, 2010, your boy over here put out a little little song on a video called Class of the Titans. A video was kind of like the first of its kind, really, because it's the first video they ever really put MMA in a video, like part of the... Uh, of, the script was MMA, and you know we went to the match gym and we shot it, and it you know wound up pretty being pretty dope for me. Right, BJ Penn, BJ Penn's media sites would always show me love, and they would always say first rap video ever to have MMA in it, and they used to do this shit on Twitter, they used to do it on all their social media sites, man. So. I watched with BJ Strong. I'm a Evander Lay Silva is, is the dude that got me back into it. BJ Penn is the dude that put it over the top for me. As as far as like that was the guy for me. So fast forward that to now to see him now. Um, it's um. It's just super sad. I hope that... I hope, I really hope that uh, B.J. retires after this. I really do. Um, You just don't want to see that when it's one of your favorite guys. So... Right, um, he just wasn't looking good in that fight at
0: all, man. It just... And... it was, it was very disheartening
1: to watch, man. Yeah. Super hard to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, just bad. Any which way you can think, it's just super fucking bad. So, yeah, um, yeah, we definitely, uh, we sad about that. Because, you know, like I said, I rocks with B.J. And to see him lose to somebody like, this reminds me so much of Mike Tyson's last fight when he did an interview. He says, I think I'm going to retire because if I can't be guys like this, then I don't need to be fighting. <laughs> and that's what, that's, no diss to Dennis Silver, Silver um, but that's what this feel like. You know, I hope I don't see my man again. Um, you're a two-time world champion, welterweight and, and lightweight. You're you're a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, you're BJ fucking Penn, man. Um, we don't need to see anymore. Uh, good luck to him. I hope we don't see any more, see him anymore, man. Because you don't, you don't like your the people that you revere to to get hurt and so much more. To, to life than to possibly being injured the rest of your life, you know than uh, just living life. So I, I just hope you know I hope BJ uh, is over. If he still has it, yeah, you still have it. But you know, yeah, I think think it's time. I think it's time for for him to hang it up. Definitely, definitely think it's time for him to hang it up.
0: Right. I know I know he has a sort of he wants to continue on and everything and he's still getting a decent paycheck out of it all, but yo, it's just it's starting to like you know, like taint his legacy by you know, the ending of this and everything. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. I totally agree. Just uh for me it's for me it's Super sad, man. Cause like I said, man, BJ Penn is is dude. Especially if you love mixed martial arts, man. That's a dude that you rock with. Period. We love BJ Penn, man. Um, yeah, super sad. I, I really hope that. Um, I really hope he retires, man. And salute to him. Salute to him, man. He he uh, he deserves all of our respect. Oh, definitely, man. He's a bad motherfucker. Indeed, indeed. All
0: right, turning our uh, attention to the the world of pro wrestling, Doug, what was up with your boy LeVar Ball, man? Your
1: boy. Oh, man, that was was wonderful. (laughs) That was... Dude, (laughs) that is... That was wonderful. That
0: was one of the most pro wrestling things I've ever seen in my life, man. Like, (laughs) it... I I always knew that nigger. <laughs> really I always knew he was gonna be uh, on WWE programming eventually. And when when that shit came out I was like, eh, I'm not shocked at all. I knew that was about to happen. Like that dude's like like LeVar Ball is is more pro wrestling than most pro wrestling
1: it is these days. Like <laughs> he is absolutely perfect. For professional wrestling. If you didn't enjoy that, something is really fucking wrong with you, man. I, I, cause I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm still laughing at the. Oh my God. Handle my light work, son! Handle my light work! <laughs>
0: he's, like, he's like, there's only two people uh, better than me, and I'm both of them.
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: Doug, <laughs> <The>, uh, <laughs> like. And see, that's the thing, man. There's a lot of people uh,
1: you that better di-
0: stay in your lighting See, see, there's a lot of people that um that didn't like that segment, thought it was a train wreck, thought it sucked. And I'm like, yo, this like you guys are forgetting what pro wrestling is about, man. This it's all is all about. Exactly. This is pro wrestling right here. Like the, the what he's doing right now is like this is like the shit. This is the shit we've we we saw it in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties that was so good about wrestling. Stupid shit like this, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that shit was great, man. man. That shit was I, I like when I'm look I'm looking at it as it's happening, I'm like, man, look what the the his entrance had to easily rival Vince McMahon's walk um, <laughs> from You see the arm, his arms, bro, and then how he ran down (laughs) to the ring and slid up under, like, he he really didn't like that shit? How do you not like that shit? That shit was great, man. He was running like a little kid, like,
0: he was running like a little kid, man, who was trying to run as fast as they could.
1: Man, that shit was, that shit was wonderful, man. I wish. It's like, wow, man, really, that... Yeah, and for people that didn't like that segment, they don't get it. And it did everything yeah.
0: that, and it did everything that the WWE would want it to. Uh, it got the mainstream media attention. Uh, the only problem was is the moment when uh, Lamelo uh, uh, dropped the N word on the hot mic. Man,
1: <laughs> man. Get up Get up I'm like, nah, dog, you ruined it. You ruined it. that. And it's the weird-looking son, too. The one with the hair and the... Oh, my right. God. Man, right? that's, the, that's the kid that he said wasn't going to make it to the NBA, right? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I haven't really been... Yeah, the the, the third... Young, the, the youngest. I think that was the youngest. It's like, dude, are you kidding me, man? Are you fucking kidding me? You're just going to like wow that's that wow you know i didn't hear i didn't i really didn't hear it until the next day right because there was so much stuff that was going on in that segment and i was just you i was laughing so, so hard much. that i
0: you know i was laughing so hard that i i totally missed that and i missed other things that they said because i was laughing so hard
1: yeah he, that was funny man that was great Dog. So I don't understand where all the hate comes from, man. I think people be bored and Dog. they don't have nothing to do.
0: Dog, when he took off his shirt and started doing the kung fu...
1: <laughs> you, ain't the only, what, you, you, you ain't the only one that's buff? Hold on. <laughs> that, was, that was great. That was great. And he started doing them cotters in the ring. I was like, look at him. This is crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, that was great. That was... Uh, yeah, that was that was the most fun part of the night, man. That and that is Samoa Joe choking out Brock Lesnar. That was just fucking great, dude.
0: <laughs> that that was fun, man. Samoa, but earlier in the night, Samoa Joe uh, came behind on uh, Paul Heyman and like that was great too. Oh my, <laughs> scared the shit out of him too. Oh man, I love.
1: Man, I, said, love, like, I, was wait, I was waiting on him to kiss him on the forehead. That's what I was waiting on him to do, but he didn't do it. Oh, yeah, that would be like, perfect. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't do it. Uh, but but I still enjoyed the whole intimidating factor of that. That that was fucking great. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I really hope that they let him win the belt, and. Him, Brock Lesnar, and Strowman, uh, you know, have a match at SummerSlam to determine who's the Universal Champion. That would be pretty dope. Hell
0: yeah, hell yeah! That
1: definitely, definitely, man. (laughs) Yeah, um, looking at SmackDown yesterday, I really hate the fact that 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 weird looking. Fucking Ellsworth and his what? What's the old girl' name? What's her name? Carmella. Oh my god, I hate that shit. She has the worst move. Michael Jackson somewhere turn over in his grave. Like, I didn't <laughs> that
0: do is it, a, it like that. It is a ter- That is a terrible moonwalk, man. I, that's her
1: awful. shit is fucking horrible. <laughs> it's awful. First off, you can't do the moonwalk in Jordans. I mean, you can do it but you're not a B-boy, B-girl. you are That's not what you do. It's like you can see that you're trying real hard to moonwalk, and it looks like you're trying real hard to moonwalk, and it's just so fucking corny. Like, man, get this <laughs> shit the fuck up out of here, man. Get this shit the fuck up out of here, man. Of here, man. I, you know, so for her to win again, how does Ellsworth get back in the venue? He's fucking Ellsworth. He's not fucking... Brock Lesnar, he's not uh, the fucking big guy. He's not I don't know, the Big Show. <laughs> you know, Ellsworth somehow gets his ass back into the building. How? How, Sway? How? I don't get that. Okay, so nah. so, uh, so this week on all like on Raw,
0: SmackDown, and on NXT tonight, there's uh, women's matches, the main event, all these shows. Monday night, you had the Gauntlet match. And then, of course, Tuesday night for SmackDown, you had the rematch for Money in the Bank, a ladder match. And then tonight at NXT, they had a last woman uh, standing match between Asuka and Nikki Cross.
1: Yo, okay. What, uh, who won
0: that? Who won that? Um, Asuka um, won the match. But that was, I'll say out of all three of those matches, the Nikki Cross asuka match was probably the best. Those two were of course. It was such a. I'm like, I I love, I love like the 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 women's division in NXT probably the most right now because it's the most variety of characters, and you have people like Asuka and uh, Nikki Cross that are actually like you know you got one one who's from um, who's from Japan then you got another one who's. Uh, from uh scotland so you have like the strong style from both of those places and it, like they were going through tables power bombing each other on chairs and shit and i'm like dude this is fantastic man i love this yeah i love this and like in comparison i mean i enjoyed the gauntlet match i enjoyed the money the money in the bake uh women's ladder match but like this oscar nikki cross uh match like top them both man this was like so good and it was also it was also on uh, this week was also the um the debut of Moro Ranallo on uh NXT programming so like that was oh an... how, how did he sound oh he sounded great on there man right that at was... home
1: yeah,
0: yeah. so yeah I think I think Moro Ranallo on NXT is is a perfect fit because ever since Corey Graves left you were kind of you, you kind of they they still you know they 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 had Nigel McGuinness and then Percy and then um the other guy uh, from Smackdown uh whatever his name is but anyways um, i think NXT needed that uh that announcer who knows how to tell a story of what's going on in the match like Mauro Ranallo does and mm-hmm. and it, it really helps build the, fight, the 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 wrestlers in the ring that all these ones that are coming up being developed and I think uh Mauro Ranallo is de- definitely a perfect fit to be able to sort of uh build that brand and the talent involved in it a lot better than it has been recently.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I, I can see that. I definitely can see that. Yeah. I, I'm I'm happy he's uh a part of uh, the WWE as well as Bellator.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Good to see, yeah see him back under the uh, WWE umbrella. But yeah, I think the I think the NXT brand is a perfect fit for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to um I'm gonna have to replay that show uh that that I missed out on a couple of hours ago. Man, I like NXT. I like the, NXT um, tonight was you know, good. I like the direction
0: was really good because they had they had a um. Uh, Hideo Tommy uh, Loney uh, Oni Larkin match. That was pretty good. And then um they had some stuff with uh with Sanity and Hideo Tommy and uh, uh Cassius Ono that's setting up a match next week. And then they're setting up a uh, uh who they're who are they uh oh it's uh, next week it's gonna be Bobby Roode versus uh, uh Roderick Strong. So they're setting up all these really cool things going on right now. So uh, Okay. So it's it's getting it's getting interesting again. It's like you're seeing all these like familiar faces and and it's 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 really cool, man. It's like I'm 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 excited to see where they go next with sort of like this new crop of people that are that they're kind of infusing into the to the product.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I'm just so happy that we're receiving so much less of Bailey. Um, man, she was the first one to lose on Monday night. <laughs> you said what? She was the first one to lose on... Uh, That's what? my whole point of even saying that, because, yeah. again, I'm happy to not see that corny-ass shit on TV. I get mad every time she come out and, and making her way to the ring. It's like, uh, why, do I, gotta, Yo, I why enjo- do I have to Yo, that? I enjoyed Nia Jax in that match, man. She was. Me too. <laughs> she got robbed. For her to do all the work in that match and for, for them to snatch away what, in my opinion, she earned, because she, she dominated everybody in that match. So, of course, you come you come out, you the last one, and she spent somewhat like what? How many minutes in the ring? Like 30 minutes in the ring or something like that?
0: I think I think the total you know time of that match was like twenty six minutes, so she was already okay, out well there for like twenty minutes.
1: She, she she was in that match damn that thirty minutes. Yeah. So so for her to do all that work and them take it away to to, to build up, you know Sasha Banks whack ass. I mean because I, I I don't really feel her like that. I think she's corny. That's just how I view her. I don't know her personally, but you know everything about like. Nia Zax is real to me. You know, um she is the new, in my opinion, I hate to even put it in this comparison, but she's the new awesome calm yeah. You know. And she she's getting better every week. Uh, you you visibly see that she's getting better every week. So, you know, it's it's you can only you can only hold her down for so long. She's going to eventually be Divas Champion. I mean, not Divas, but Women's uh, Raw or SmackDown Champion. And if they continue to overlook her, shame on them. No. I don't think that they'll be overlooking her too much longer because that's one of the Rock's relatives. So um, he's going to make sure that she gets hers, and even in even in a losing cause, she still is the winner to me. Man You don't yeah. eliminate all you don't eliminate all the people and then all of a sudden, oh, you're the loser. Nah. Yo, the funniest nah. part of that
0: match was do you see that that time when uh Dana Brooke was doing this cutesy flip into the uh, corner and like Nijak's just yeah. and just pushes
1: her down. Like, get that shit up out of here. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: I dude, yo, I popped so hard for that one, I laughed. Yeah, so shit hard. Like, that'd be beautiful. like nope, <laughs> nope. You up <out.
1: laughs> shit like shit. Shit like that be beautiful. Yeah, that that be was perfect. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, and there was a lot of those like little like just dominant spots in that match, and that's what I liked about it. Like, it wasn't just her just throwing stuff around. There was these little parts that were really well done where it showed her
1: dominance. So that's why. That's, hey, look. Me and you have to come up with a new campaign, man. Uh, I think we should do a campaign toward WWE saying that we want a TV title. Think about this. Yes, we need a TV title. TV titles are valuable. You can easily build a star around the television title. That title will get defended. I think the TV title should be extended to both brands. I think the TV champion should defend it on Raw and defend it on SmackDown. Just, some, just think about like when I come up, we had Proly Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Rick Steiner, um, everybody that was anybody held the world TV title at one time. Why the WWE don't have a world TV title is beyond me. It makes no sense whatsoever. You know, you would rather have a Euro title than have a TV title. And depending on who that, who that belt was on, that value will be probably looked out better than somebody like Brock Lesnar who's a part-time champion. Right. So, I don't understand why they haven't thought of it. Um, yeah, a TV title could be fun that gets
0: that just constantly is defended. And When you think about
1: it, think about it. Title's not defended every week. No. Fans want to see a title get defended every week. A TV champion will have no choice but to defend his title because he's the TV fucking champion.
0: I'm down with that. Mhm. I'd be down with I'm that. I'm down with that too. We need like a Twitter campaign, a hashtag or something. That's what I'm saying. We need a TV championship. But what mm-hmm. would, what would the the hashtag be? Uh WWE bring
1: back the TV title.
0: WWE bring back the TV title or something. Mhm. <laughs> yeah, that would not nah, I would I'm totally down with that. That would that would be fresh. And uh
1: think about think about how many wrestlers they could build just off of a world television championship.
0: Right. They could give it to uh you could have, you know like, like Apollo Cruz. Let's let's give it to him.
1: Uh I wouldn't give it to Apollo Crews. I would <laughs> give it to Barrett. I would give it to Baron Corbin. oh right, yeah, Baron Corbin, yeah. I think
0: and I've been saying this forever, is that whoever wins the money in the bank has to defend the money in the bank briefcase until they cash it in. Until they cash it in, yep. That's what they, that's what they do with the, um, the, in New Japan for the G1 Climax, because when you win the G1 Climax, you win a contract to, uh, to go against the champion at the Tokyo Dome at Russell Kingdom. But, before that, you have to
1: defend that contract. You can lose it. Yeah. I, I would I would take that concept, and I would run with it. hmm I'm down. Yeah, I'm not mad at that.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: I ain't mad at that. I, I ain't mad at that at all.
0: But yeah, we got yeah we gotta get we gotta get the hashtag for the uh, for the for the TV title pop in. Bring, Bring
1: the TV title back.
0: Bring the TV title back. Yes.
1: We're yeah, we we gonna work on that, man. We gotta yeah, get that's some, gonna be some shit that we work on. We're gonna get other people involved in that, man. We need a world TV title. Yes, we gotta we gotta
0: definitely, definitely get get on that. We gotta get some big name people behind us.
1: Get some people from wrestling, from the entertainment. That that, that will be that will be super dope. World TV title. Yes. Defended live.
0: <laughs> All right, man. This is about it for this week's uh Fresh is the Word podcast, uh, V-Styles. Tell them where they can find you online.
1: You find your man online um, on Twitter.com forward slash V-Styles. Same thing with Facebook, forward slash V-Styles, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. The exact same thing with Instagram. Instagram Instagram.com forward slash V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z And my official Facebook verified page at uh, Facebook.com forward slash official. Common spelling V styles V S T Y L E Z one word official V styles, and that's it. All right, man. Word up. Thanks
0: for listening. See you next week. Peace out. f is the word.